Ladies and gentlemen, and nerds of all ages, welcome to Views from the Back of the Class. My name is Jacoby Blakeman, but you can call me JB, and I'm here with my mans. What's up, N-Words? It's Josh. And we are very, very, very happy to be back with you guys and have you back with us and talk some of this nerd stuff, man. Because it is no fun. Uh, Day 4080 at home. (laughs) The real world it sucks. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe it's um this year. It, we're like halfway through it, and it just feels super long, but also short at the same time. Yes. And uh, I kind of feel like I'm living Groundhog's Day. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Like we have been working on this episode for like two weeks consecutively. That like, is. I have- <laughs> that's one hundred percent factual. <laughs> You guys don't know this, but we have just been sitting here recording this entire time. The editing process was crazy. We do it all for you guys, for your listening pleasure and for you guys to uh, have some escapism and other things to to listen to as you're hearing about uh, positivity rates and all this other craziness that's happening outside of uh, in the world. So thanks for hanging tight with us staying safe, doing what you can to keep and prevent people from getting sick and avoiding getting punched in the face by me if we ever meet out in public. Indeed. (laughs) Oh, man. So what's uh, what's going on in the the nerd world, JB? Man, people is mad out here in these internet streets. There is a new... Real streets. There is a new... Right. (laughs) There's a new Batwoman. What's kind of crazy to me that people were upset about. Like, y'all wasn't watching it anyway. What you mad for? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we know why, right? People are upset because of a change in the character. And I get that. I'm quite often uh, in in the camp of against making what can be arbitrary changes to characters changing the race for the simple sake of doing so mm-hmm. i'm i'm not usually a fan of that sometimes the ethnicity of a character is kind of central to what that character is so in those cases you definitely don't want to be making those changes but really my biggest issue with it especially when it comes to Um, black characters like i don't feel the need to integrate (laughs) no i'm good with integration (laughs) i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) nah it's not even that i don't um there's so many dope characters that already exist that i don't feel that it's doing any service to take a character that exists one way and change them for the sake of uh diversity like diversity should exist it just makes for a richer universe when it happens but i just think that there's generally speaking i think that there's better ways of doing it than changing the race of a of a character now that said 
I got no issue with this one because in the case of Batwoman, I don't think her her race or ethnicity has any any real bearing on the character. Um, the only way that it does would be because of Kate Kane and her connection to the Wayne family. That makes sense. But, you know, this obviously is going to be a new character. I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to play out. Like, who is she? Where would she have come from? Um, how does she end up wearing the bat mantle? But that's about as far as my <laughs> curiosity will kind of carry me. Uh, Javicia, Javisha, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering this woman's name. Uh, Javicia Leslie. You're going to get the hate mail cast, that. though. Like, How dare you? I know, right? But I've only read it's- it and not heard it spoken, so I, I don't have the correct pronunciation yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how this is going to go, though. She's apparently going to be like the anti-Kate. So we'll see. Yeah, I've never, as I've admitted on the show plenty of times, I've never watched Batwoman. Um, I don't have a horse in the race one way or the other about the show. I am curious about how they're going to handle it, you know, creatively. I don't know. I, I, I don't have opinions about the actress who who uh, just replacing her. I don't know how it will affect the show. I mean, that's the, the premise of, you know, your masked heroes, uh, at least outwardly, is that... You know, this is something that was kind of like nailed on in the Nolan verse about the Batman being a symbol right. for justice and, and what's right. So anyone should be able to step in and carry that mantle. Um, we've seen it in the comic books where other people have worn the cowl and this shouldn't be that different other than, you know, obviously the person's race. So I, I, I want to see how the, how the CW is going to handle it. Um, I want to see a definite new costume because uh, the season one one was not. I get what they were going with it, but it it always kind of looked kind of cheesy. But I don't know. I think, you know, they're they're keeping people employed, so that's important. They have a story that they want to tell. That's good too. Whether or not it's a good story, I can't really weigh in and on because I don't watch it and I'm not interested in watching it. And not that I'm, you know, throwing knives or daggers at Batwoman or anything like that. It just doesn't seem interesting to me. But my curiosity is a little bit piqued just to see how this transition goes and how they're going to address it on the show and stuff. Because, you know, sometimes it's kind of cool if it allows them to be a little bit more creative in addressing it. Like you were saying, like, how is she going to become Batwoman? Uh, What happened to the previous Batwoman and all these other things? And then, two, like, how will that affect the criminal element? Like, I don't know if in the show they portrayed her having a, you know, leading up to a big boss or anything like that. But how, you know, these characters, you know, that's a personal thing. If you hate, like, for instance, uh, Kingpin and uh, Daredevil or Kingpin and Matt Murdock, he hates, he hated Daredevil. Then he found out who Daredevil was and he hated Matt Murdock. Right. If someone else becomes, uh, if Foggy Wilson becomes uh, Daredevil, you might hate him on principle, but not, it's not going to be the same level of hate that you have for, for the guy who's wearing the suit before him. Um, and now you're just like, oh, geez, you're just another irritating punk dressed up. Right. Who's getting in my business. But it's different when it's like more personal because you, you have a relationship with that person. So I think it was, I guess, God, I, 
I can't tell time anymore. So I don't even know when she left. <laughs> but it seems like it was pretty quick. <laughs> it seems like it was pretty quick that they uh, found another another actress to take over. So, you know, hey, if you enjoy the show, hopefully they can uh, make it the transition pretty seamless. And if it even if it is not seamless, you know that it's not anything where you can lose enjoyment from from your show because. You know, we have these things that are important to us, and they speak to us for reasons, and, you know, embrace that. So, or, do you, or, do you, nerd? Or, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I'm, I think I'm over the Arrowverse in general. So, yeah, for me, it didn't really move the needle. Um, like I said, I do have a, a, a slight interest in it just from the story perspective, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in what the CW will do, so... I might give, you know, I might give the debut a check out just to kind of see what they do with it. And then I'm then I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'll be out yeah. after that. Or they could just retool it 100 percent. And I don't know. And, you know, it's not to, to go too much off, off topic, but it's like it's so hard to get invested in like these DC shows because it's like I don't know what universe they exist in. So like Doom Patrol and Titans and. Then the Doom Patrol that guest starred on Titans are in a different universe, and you know some. It, it, well, it's the multiverse. An, yeah, I get that there's a, a multiverse, but I just mean like there's you know there's announcements that there's going to be another Batman show that's supposed to work in harmony with Matt Reeves' movie, uh, movie and that's going to focus on Gotham PD and Jim Gordon again. It's like well, we just had Gotham and you know all those other things, so it's kind of hard for me to be really drawn into these dc shows when there's basically thinly connected on by string just because they exist in this multiverse that being said i am enjoying doom patrol a lot titans but the broadcast network shows i'm not not really that interested in in watching i mean not just because they're like over 13 episodes a season or anything it's just i don't i don't know the stories there just don't draw me in no and I don't think they're designed to draw you in. I don't I don't imagine you or I, for that matter, being the target audience for it. It's just it's it's nerd stuff for tweens. But <laughs> and you know what? That that came out wrong. I don't mean it like that. that that's how it appears to me. Uh, I think the the DC Universe shows, at least the live action ones, tend to appeal to a. a yeah, more hardcore audience. I'll put it that way. I won't. I won't say that the CW are for <laughs> for for kids. I don't mean it quite like that. So what you're saying is that uh, the CW shows are like a gateway show to the harder shows and on HBO Max and DC streaming. I mean, if you think about it, that's how it works, right? Because they give it to you for free first, and then <laughs> I was gonna say you do you get the free trial first, and then you uh then you gotta pay. That's how they get you. Oh man. But we'll see how this turns out. We could be wrong. It's happened in the past, no before. doubt. Maybe once or twice, but occasionally. But now I was, I was, often. I was just really tripping about how much traction I was getting because I just don't know that many people that were really watching it like that. So for people to have such strong feelings about it one way or the other was just pretty surprising to me. Now, from that character to another one who actually does have a lot of traction whenever she shows up is storm of the x-men so first it was beyonce and that set (laughs) 
that set them internet streets on fire, Jack. As it should have. <laughs> no, it shouldn't have because as soon as it came out, it made zero sense to me, and I, I think I mentioned yeah, to you guys why. Gonna, right, we talked we talked about that, but people aren't going to think about that. They're going to be like, oh, Beyonce is a big enough star that she can be like, oh, I want to play this role in you know the a company which is bigger than Beyonce is going to be like, sure, right, um, which is not how that works. I mean, that's how she lost out on roles in the past where she's like, I'm Beyonce, I don't have to audition, right. Nailed that impression, by the way. But <laughs> listen, listen, dude. We don't need no smoke with the beehive. <laughs> <laughs> None. <laughs> Y'all this can. The, if, in case you weren't listening, this is the Joe Rogan podcast. So, ha. <laughs> you ever tried DMT? But yeah, Storm. That's kind of <laughs> where I was going with that. <laughs> Yeah, so the whole thing with Beyonce and that set set the world on fire and everybody was, you know, had pretty strong feelings one way or the other. Uh, Then that dies down. And the next thing that happens is, you know, you hear a lot of actors will say that they would be interested in the role. But the latest one that came up, at least of a, a, a larger notoriety, was Janelle Monae uh, being interested in playing the role of Storm. Which to me, it's kind of like, all right, duh. Why wouldn't you want to play that role? Like, it's, she's dope, first of all. And if you can get a role in the MCU, like that's just gonna only raise your profile for sure. So I, I get that. Here's my issue with it, and it's not even with uh, Janelle Monae specifically. First of all, I don't, I don't love that idea for casting. I, I'm, I'm just not sold. But beyond that, stop trying to freaking cast Storm in Black Panther 2. People, hear me. Make sure is this thing on. <laughs> there are currently no official mutants in the MCU. It would not make any sense in the world to have Storm be the the anchor to that she's dope she's probably not probably she is one of my favorite x-men and i think i would like to see her in a leadership role when they actually do come together like show her full potential show her strength show the depth of that character i would love to see that but i don't need her to be the person that debuts this it doesn't make sense to me same thing with deadpool like they keep you know, you'll every few months or so you hear a news article or you'll hear you'll read an article um, that discusses, you know, Deadpool three and whether or not it's going to be rated R and how is that going to coincide with Disney? And, you know, uh, how is he going to make his way into the MCU? Again, all of this falls under the umbrella of mutants until we have an establishment of that. None of this stuff makes sense to me. You could kind of do Deadpool because he's ridiculous so it doesn't have to make sense. But Storm is anything but ridiculous. So I'm like, yo, let's just stop with the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. But what that what that speaks to is if you guys go back to a previous episode uh, when we had fan of the show G Smith on shout out to him. We were discussing. I can't believe I remember this. We were discussing uh, Kevin Feige going on BET and talking about that. And I, I took issue with it. This is kind of what I'm talking about, though. Like, I'm all for 
expanding the audience like come on in there's room for everybody in the classroom for sure but let's respect what was there and yes storm is dope yes black panther is dope yes they were dope together but let's not forget that there was an established history that took place long before she was ever anywhere with black panther like that relationship didn't happen until the mid 2000s like this is a a new development so that i don't know i don't don't, i'm not i'm not feeling all of this storm talk at least not right now i agree with you don't put the cart before the horse we don't know how they're going to introduce mutants we've talked about that i think beginning of season two one of those episodes I'm less interested in the casting for Black Panther 2 than I am in actually seeing an introduction of, you know, my near and dear to my heart favorite superhero team of all time, the X-Men. Let's get that done first, and then we can worry about casting for Black Panther 2 or associating it with that. But I think Janelle Monae, um, I think she's a pretty... she's. In comparison to Beyonce, and again, this is the Joe Rogan podcast, guys. In comparison to Beyonce, I take her as an actress any day of the week. Oh, for sure. Any day of the week. I think she could do the character justice. But I think, too, you know, you're just, you're overlooking people, too, who have the skills and they may not have the name recognition who could really pull that character off as well. So, you know, are there other actresses out there who could do it? Yes, uh, their names don't come to mind, unfortunately, right now. Tika Shumpter. But, yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, my bad not to cut you off, even though I did. (laughs) Now, actually, the perfect person to cast for Storm, they can't use her. Because she was already cast in the movie as Nakia. Like, that's your Storm right there. Lupita Nyong'o, that's Storm. Like, she would have been the one. Maybe a bit on the nose because she's Kenyan, mm-hmm. but she would have been dope. Unfortunately, that's not an option for us. But I'm even yeah, cool if they just if they if they did a um you know a fresh face like just give us a, a a powerhouse actress even if we don't know who she is. Right. I saw some people online saying that the actress she's on Glow. Uh, I think her name is Sidel Noel would be a great storm. I think she is too. I think she'd be pretty good. Um, there's there's other ones out there. Glow, glow, glow. The one that was uh, she's playing a trainer on Glow. Her, yeah, I could see that. I th- I could too. Well, I don't know. Like I could see her, and as some aspects of Storm, like early Storm when she was still in the streets hustling, because she kind of has a, <laughs> a, a a edge to her in that way. But the regal, like flowing cape yeah, Storm, it, it it it's I don't quite see that yet. That's acting, though. True. And and I have no reason to believe that she couldn't pull it off. The only work of hers that I know is Glow. So I saw somebody say that online. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And it's funny because I think they tagged her and she actually replied, which is kind of cool. But, you know, Janelle Monet, I don't think that's it would be a bad move. I just think um, let's like you said, let's calm down with these stupid casting rumors before we actually get an introduction to the mutant population in the MCU. Right. And, you know, again, how this stupid pandemic has derailed a lot of stuff. Like we still don't know much about phase four 
in, in what's coming. You know, we were supposed to have Black Widow, which I think last I heard they said is still supposed to come out this year, but I don't quote me in that. And it's supposed to be a bridge to another character. It's just all these things going on that are associated with Phase 4. And it's like, we don't know yet. So let's just wait and see. But if, you know, Janelle Monet were cast, meh, they could have done worse. Maybe been able to do better. But uh, at least it's not Beyonce. I'll say that. <laughs> you are determined. You determined hey, to have I'm, <laughs> I am Joe Rogan. I say what I want. I have like five-hour episodes. Millions of people listen to them. Like, if the Beehive wants to come for Joe Rogan, then the Beehive can come for <laughs> Joe Rogan. All right? DMT. We got, oh. We got this. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, that's, um, uh, before we jump into the, the main topic, uh, just want to give a shout out and further testament to what a garbage, garbage year this has been is that we've lost another great one yep. um, behind the scenes and in front of the camera. Uh, Grant Imahara from Mythbusters died from a brain in aneurysm. So, you know, really sad news to kind of wake up to and see. And also, you know, I can't imagine what his family's going through and his loved ones and other fans out there who have watched Mythbusters and the White Rabbit Project and BattleBots and all these other things that he was a part of. And that directly impacted this culture. So definitely a personality that will be missed. And sad news. And again, feel for the family and the friends and the, and the fans. Yeah, that was... Um it's actually a really sad day in nerddom because most of us there, like if you had a Venn diagram of, you know, comic readers and superhero movie fans and, you know, people who watch Mythbusters and the White Rabbit Project, it'd be pretty close to a complete circle. Oh, yeah. You know, it's definitely part of the this this nerd community that um or this nerd space that we occupy. And it was. It's sad. As the kids say, he was a real one. And um, mm-hmm. definitely going to leave a, a void for sure. Yeah. Just talented dude. And if you're, like I said, he was a presence in front of the camera and behind. And if you're curious about that, look at his resume and the things he's worked on. And you're going to be like, oh, he was involved in AI or artificial intelligence or something. I love that movie. Oh, he worked in the Matrix. I love that movie. He he had his hand in the pot, so to speak. Right. So for our main discussion today is we're doing something that we tend to do. We tend to take a side and kind of defend it and, and talk about it and uh, see who does or doesn't agree with us. But we're doing something a little bit different. We're taking something that we are opposed to adamantly opposed to a hundred percent against don't believe it to the in the core of our soul and the fiber of our beings pains us to even do this we're taking arguments like that and defending them to see how well we are at doing that and whether or not you know we can in fact be unbiased which you know we'll see i mean so (laughs) that's the topics that we're doing jb is going to present why Superman is the superior superhero, especially in comparison to Batman. 
and also and I will be doing one that you guys have heard me speak on many many times and you probably will not believe a word that comes out of my mouth but I promise you I would do my best and why the Disney trilogy or the Disney sequels of the Star Wars slash Skywalker saga are good so (laughs) let's do it here's the thing let me first of all say this Batman ain't got no superpowers, man. This dude is, <laughs> and I know it's a cheap shot, and yes, he's the world's greatest detective and blah, blah, blah. Listen, the dude's superpower is being rich. That's it. If he ain't had no money, like he's, <laughs> the IRS should be his arch enemy, not the Joker. Like, he get taken <laughs> out by a government, <laughs> government official with a pocket protector. Like, this is. Not really a hero. Now, the last son of Krypton, however, the seed of Jor-El as it is, last of the house of El, that's a hero. My man is from a completely different planet, different solar system. He has no reason to feel as connected to the earth as he does. Yes, he has his adopted parents and surely... You know, that's where that comes from. But the fact of the matter is he doesn't have to do these things. That's what a hero is, is a person or in this case, you know, an extraterrestrial who's selfless an alien. I said extraterrestrial. (laughs) Remember Joe Rogan podcast. There you go. Selfless. You know what I mean? He's he's he could have kept his powers to himself. He could have chosen to do any other he could have been a, a terror of of metropolis like that other dude scaring uh scaring criminals into behaving or or attempting to superman doesn't operate under that one since his inception stronger than a train faster than a speeding bullet right flying over buildings and such batman can't do any of those things if you remove his equipment he's a dude dude that could fight but just a dude. And before you hit me with this, oh, but what about kryptonite? Oh, he's so weak at the kryptonite. Eh. First of all, the only reason kryptonite even existed was because Superman was so dope that the writers had to give him a weakness. So they created this nonsense so the dude wouldn't be completely <laughs> unstoppable. Look it up. Oh man, this is this is all facts, sir. This is not me spouting off my opinion. I mean, you came out pretty strong, and I don't want to jump in and cut you off in case you're still making your points. But that's the the age old argument: is Superman is a superhero because he has powers, and yeah, that does help him fit that definition. But at the same time, it's like. You have villains who have powers and they're misusing them or using them for their own gain. So it's not really just the having powers that makes you super. It's how you use them and how you treat them. And I think that's why Batman, who personally I prefer over Superman, and and I think a lot of the, you know, I know you would agree with me if you were in a position to do so this episode and you're not, but he's a lot of the issues with Superman is how he's written. But Batman is, uh, you know, like you said, you strip away the equipment, you strip away the the suit and the cowl, and you know he's just a dude who can fight. 
but he's still a dude who, who can fight, who's going to do the right thing. And he's going to put it all on the line, you know, to save somebody or prevent something bad from happening or, or impacting someone else's life. And I think that's what makes him better than Kal-El. You know, it's like, hey, yeah, you can you can afford to lose your your crest and all this other stuff and still have your amazing powers and also go up against, you know, somebody, some, anyone, because there's not many people who are stronger than you, but you don't have much to lose. One, one backhand from uh, Darkseid will, will leave him crumpled. One interaction with Batman with the wrong villain would end him. Superman doesn't have that luxury, so he can, it's not a big of a risk to him. Now, I will give you the point, though, about him being tied to the earth and protecting it and he has no reason to do so and also being able to um willingly you know submit to the weaker species so to speak that that does add in his favor but i mean come on man it's batman i mean i hear you what kind of man dresses as a bat <laughs> where did you get those wonderful toys here's the thing <laughs> you talk about doing the right thing so we did a whole two-part episode on how crazy Batman is, so we we're, we won't re- relitigate that. Right. What I will say about this, though, is I question this notion of doing it, <laughs> what you're going to do with your abilities. What Batman does with his abilities is he tries to scare people through intimidation. So imagine, and I'm stealing this from a... a, a from a meme I saw, but it made perfect sense to me. Imagine you out here, you just a low level weed dealer, right? You trying to trying to move some, you know, move a little bit of green to feed your family because the job market in Gotham City sucks. You got to feed your babies. <laughs> you got to feed your babies. So you out there selling a little greenery. Here comes Batman and you got a separated shoulder and 17 broken ribs. I know we don't have that many ribs. Follow me, though separated shoulder and 17 broken ribs and then he's gonna say now tell me now talk i can't talk sir you've crushed my larynx you don't have to worry about those type of things with superman superman catch you selling weed he's gonna swoop down there fly up on you and say all right son you could you could do better with your life yes he says son because he's kind of condescending he's not perfect But you will leave with your dignity intact. You're going to jail because you broke the law. But you're not going to be injured. You're not going to be beaten to within an inch of your life because of uh, circumstances that may be beyond your control, especially considering a place like Gotham. Like, you ain't got a choice but to be a criminal. I got you. Yeah, I think an example like that, you know, and we've seen where, you know, Batman has either in, in the Timverse or other versions of the character where he's been able to assess and maybe because those are for, you know, younger viewing and and older people to enjoy as well. So we don't sound like, you know, we're losers watching cartoons, but he's able to make an assessment of like the crime fitting the punishment. So in some cases now, I don't, you know, therein lies the problem when you're, you know, being a vigilante and determining like how you're going to met out justice does a drug dealer deserve to have, you know, his legs broken and his ribs crushed and 
then asked about who his his uh hookup is because <laughs> you know he's he's selling you know nick bags and is obviously a low level dude and and batman's trying to get to the the top i don't know batman probably just figure out who he works for and work his way up and then just put the guy out of work and then depending on the dude's circumstances may somehow get the kid a internship at you know wayne enterprise or somehow but you know we don't know i think you know superman definitely would be a little bit more balanced you know in how that's handled realistically like he's not just gonna swoop in the alley and slap some dude around for for that but we all know batman could so i'll give you a point there still still not winning me over though i get i you're you do have valid points but all right let me i'm still with the cape crusader let me give you some more food for thought here so the thing that makes batman this like larger than life invincible character is his dedication to his craft and his ability to be prepared for everything right he has contingencies on contingencies on contingencies but what happens if you face something that you haven't faced before something you can't have a contingency for let me give you this scenario because these type of crazy things happen all the time let's say there's a collision of universes and now somehow villains from we'll say the marvel universe show up in the dc universe nobody knows who these people are so they have no previous encounters with them no way to be able to necessarily prepare for them who's going to be able to handle it let's say you get magneto and let's take venom not necessarily the two strongest but these are two formidable opponents and you drop them in the dc universe batman has not does not know Anything about either of them. Do you think without the benefit of prep time that Batman could do anything with either one of them? No, I'm going to answer it for you. No, he can't. In in the long game, no. Batman's a tactician, though. He's not going to take him on head on. He may not have that option without knowing that Magneto's powers are magnetic. He would not know to come forward with him with a uh, a non-metallic suit most of his gadgets and most of his armor is going to be metallic so the moment he run up on eric he's done for All right now let's flip that same two guys they run up in metropolis starting to ruckus superman swoops down what are either of them going to do with superman honestly well, Magneto can call his daughter, and then she can handle Superman. How so? He can't deal with magic, quote unquote. She's not actually magical, though. No, I know that was a that was a cheap joke when I said he can call his daughter. No, I think in in that situation, in a head up like that, yeah, Superman is more suited to handle something like that. But because of circumstances where. You know, there have been the collision of dimensions and worlds and stuff like that. Batman probably would kind of have some sort of contingency that he could adapt 
to the situation. You know, Eric likes to talk a lot. So I'm sure he would show up boasting about being the master of magnetism or whatever, or floating, or, or just doing something. Batman would be like, huh, you know what? I think this guy can control magnets. Let me see the best way to determine, you know, how to handle that. Ultimately, though, I mean, head up, I'd, it would be an interesting to see how he would defeat the, defeat him or defeat them at the same time. But yeah, I'll give you the leg up. I mean, if we're just talking like raw power and ability, then yeah, of course Superman is going to edge out Batman because he can move at supersonic speeds and has crazy strength and and powers and super breath and, you know, can turn back time if he flies and reverses the rotation of the Earth. Oh, God, that was so um, stupid. It's terrible. It's 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 like the writers were like, uh, yeah, we can just spin the Earth backwards because that's how time goes. <laughs> <laughs> but in, he has these abilities, but I like that doesn't necessarily make him a better hero. Like, yeah, he'd, he'd be better equipped in this situation. I mean, it's hard-pressed to say any other heroes could be better suited. I mean, I guess you could go down the list and figure them out, but yeah, if that were to happen, you definitely want Superman there. Here's the thing. By pretty much any metric that you use to measure a hero, Superman got him every time. Strength, Superman gets the edge. Just quote unquote the hero quality superman he's heroic batman is a is a dude he is the punisher with a <laughs> with a slightly different moral code <laughs> and i mean slight <laughs> batman will break your legs <laughs> he'll leave you paralyzed but he won't kill you he'll just make you suffer for the rest of your life yeah you suck soup through a straw he cool with that. Yeah. And he endangers children constantly. Agreed. Now, that's the thing that Batman will lose points for that, though, because, you know, Superman is responsible. And in most cases, you know, he's the only one who is, quote, unquote, at risk, because usually he's not really at risk unless you have kryptonite or some other red sun element or something. Or not red sun. I'm sorry. Yellow sun. So, yeah, I'll I, like I'll give you that. But I again, like I don't think that ultimately makes him a better hero. Now, I think, you know, all this talk about Superman just reminds me of your boy Hank Hill. Like, Superman is persona, or Hank Hill's persona is like Superman, but just more toned down in a suburb. Instead of working on a newspaper, he sells propane and propane accessories. <laughs> Strictly you know, propane. <laughs> Um, at the end of the day, you know, Hank is going to do the right thing. And Superman will, too. And, you know, a lot of their viewpoints, I w would say, overlap about things. You know, how they deal with society and changes and stuff like that. Like, it's pretty similar. So, by that admission, you know, Hank Hill is a superhero as well because push come to shove he's gonna stand up for the little guy and he's gonna do what he can to you know help people and make people's lives less miserable or dangerous or whatever but you're making my point for me but go ahead but that's still 
when you break it down to like for me it's like a risk thing what risk is there to superman people are going to reject him he, he you know the odds of him dying are nil the odds of him being defeated in battle against most of the the most con- and this is kind of consensus in a lot of comics and characters but you know they really don't go up against people who are at their tier too regularly so you know he doesn't have too much to lose like again superman i mean batman a straight bullet that hits him that's not in the the covered area of his cow and he you know he's no longer has a jaw he is is in pain he's he's paralyzed the rest of his life and of course there there are mental health issues even though we're not doctors we're just the joe rogan podcast but there are mental health issues too with that plan to to batman and why he's obsessed and possessed in some ways to do what he does but i think all of those things feed in to make him a little bit more human a little less perfect but ultimately a better hero than superman now i agree with you in a lot of ways superman's your dude like you need something happening superman's guy i need people i need a crime deterrent superman's the guy not just because he you know they're afraid of him and he's gonna (laughs) beat him down and and snatch the ankles out because they took a penny and didn't leave one or something like that (laughs) because he's going to help try to instill his own viewpoints in the world on them in the confrontation like he's like like yeah he'll, he'll swoop into the alley and you know float above you and be like you know oh you thought you got away with it that place you store was a mom and pop and you know they were an immigrant and blah 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 and you know tell their story about the family so you think about what you're doing and see the big picture and why you probably should change course in your life so he gets he gets points for that but you know at the end of the day i just think Batman's more compelling and I think that there's more to relate to to him because he's a little less perfect even though he tries to be prepared for everything he you know he's naturally smart but turned himself into a tactician and turned himself into a living weapon and all these other things for all intents and purposes he's kind of not stepped out of his his life but he he's well he's dedicated his life to one goal and that's it and that's all he has and that's kind of sad but superman can kind of he can kind of have both you know he's clark kent and he's superman and in most cases he's more clark kent than he is superman whereas batman is more batman than he is bruce wayne so I guess it's like your yin or yang or something like that. I think your arguments are good. I think you are convincing in them. I just think that for me, I nothing really hit that was like, you know what? Let me rethink this thing because, you know, he's a Boy Scout and he's he's pretty perfect. And yeah, he is. He's the dude you want to call. He's the dude you would want to help you because he has the ability to save you from an exploding building before you know you're burned alive or something horrible um but and he won't hesitate to run in there and do it here's the thing i'm gonna use your hank hill reference (laughs) (laughs) so by that metric hank hill would be a hero agreed 
And if he and Superman are the same in that way, I'll give you that. The difference is, Hank Hill ain't got no powers, Jack. That's what makes Superman a superhero. He has the heroic qualities that anybody can have just doing the right thing for the right reason. It's the powers that put him on top. That's true. Mic drop. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I like your I do like your points. I think that you were pretty unbiased. You know, you attacked Batman and which is kind of easy to do because he is flawed. But to build up your case and I think the listeners and most importantly, you know, weigh in on this and, and let us know what you think about how JB did. Who's who's better? How do you think based on the argument we did? Were we uh, successful in, in hiding our own personal bias on this topic? And you get a chance to critique me, too, because what I'm about to do, like I said, I'm going to defend the Disney. <sighs> <laughs> Give me a minute. Sorry. Let me let me get let me get my center. OK, I am going to defend the Disney trilogy. Uh, for the Skywalker Star Wars saga. Okay, so let me get in the right mindset for this. You know, this might be a cheap, easy out, but I think it's one of the, the most important things about these this set of films is that we have a mostly strong female lead. And I, the reason I say mostly strong is because they kind of, for me, it lost points at the end when Ben had to save her in uh, the rise of Skywalker, but all all in all, you know, you have the people who hate Ray and everything like that. I'm not going to touch on that and the reasons for that, as we've discussed in too many too many episodes in the past. But Ray was a pretty interesting character. She survived by herself basically on uh, Tatooine. I mean, Jakku, and you know, after being abandoned, and became you know a pretty skilled pilot resourceful and also remained optimistic like the things about that that world that were described and how people talked about it and you know what you see on screen it's the back alley of a of a planet it's not somewhere where you would want to ch- leave a child and them to grow up in an environment and not become that environment and by that i mean turn into basically a criminal and and she took care of herself and she cared about other people and it's evident and you know, was hopeful. And, you know, as, a, as far as a heroine in a film to lead a trilogy, you know, you can't really ask for too much from the character, the way she was written. And I mean, there, you know, nothing's perfect. And there's always things that you can look at and be like, well, they could have done this better. They could have done that better. But Ray, you know, was, was one of the shiny lights of the trilogy. And, you know, there's, if I had a kid and, you know, my kid, looked up to Ray, I'd have no issue with that. I wouldn't be like, wait, 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 you like Ray? What? No. I think, you know, all in all, a decent role model for the, for the kids and uh, something new to see on screen. You know, we keep seeing, we, we're seeing perseverance and confusion and fear and all these other things. But at the same time, those things aren't being, you know, swept under a rug or discounted or anything like that. But embracing them and learning to understand what they are and how they affect things and how it affects other people and using that to kind of change your own outlook on life, your disappointments and stuff and become and not let 
that make you, you know, a pessimistic person or become negative or anything like that. And that's kind of what she was at throughout the trilogy. There are some ups and downs, but all in all, I think you're going to probably charge me being cheap and easy. But hey, Ray, Ray was pretty awesome as one of the new characters. Again, another reason that these this trilogy is good is that they brought the original cast back. If you're a Star Wars fan and you hear that all of your favorite, you know, all of the original cast is being, being brought back for a new generation and a new set of films, that's great news. You know, like that's something that people hope for with, um, we're seeing it more now with uh, these COVID re- reunions and stuff. But, you know, your old movies and stuff that are getting sequels years after TV shows that are coming back. That's every fan's dream in Disney delivered. They brought back Luke, they brought back Leia and Chewie and Lando and of course the droids and you know, it's fan service, but it's also a way to kind of bridge the gap, so to speak, and pass the baton to a new generation so that they're getting their Luke, but they're also getting their Ray or they're getting their Finn or Poe or I can't remember her name, the one with the weird helmet in the, in the third one, but uh, the one know, that was with the one I was within Carrie Russell's character. Oh, that wasn't what I was thinking of. Um, but anyway, you're getting you're getting these interactions. So now, you know, you know, when you look back and you watch this history and you see how these characters have interacted in the, the movies. You, you see that tie directly to them. So it becomes a, you know, complete circle start to finish between George Lucas trilogy and ideas and what Disney has presented. Um, another reason that these movies are good is the scenery. The scenery, the imagery, fantastic, spot on in a lot of in a lot of the movies. You know, you get to you feel like you're back watching a Star Wars film and like you're uh, especially in The Force Awakens, you're you're back home, you know, like when uh, Han walks on the Falcon Bridge and He's like, Chewie, we're home. When you're sitting there and you see them, these space battles and spaceship chases and stuff, and you're, you're like, I'm back in this universe. I'm back in the world where the force exists, where, yeah, where these exotic things and then uh, new worlds are just a light speed trip away, or it's just there. And I know that a lot of people don't like CGI and stuff like that, but a lot of this stuff wasn't CGI'd. Uh, but a lot of it was. Had a lot of, yeah, a lot of it was. But we had a we had a lot of CGI in the prequels, so I mean you can't you can't discount one or knock one without the other. But again, it looks and feels like a Star Wars film for the most part. And then too, um, these movies weren't just telling a story, but they were just bridging you to what else could be in the Star Wars universe. You know, it's not. Oh, it's not just, you know, 789, it's 789, and they're introducing, layering things in from the expanded universe into the muni- the, the movie universe. So some things that were only, like, in the game, you're, you're getting those in the movies, like Force Healing. Some people had an issue with that. Um, the way they worked it out in the movie isn't really as quite the way it's been worked out in uh, other material, but it's something new that they're introducing. Um, the interactions between force projections and stuff. 
that we're seeing in the universe and stuff that we we had only gotten in the game and we'd be like you know yeah this would be cool to see in a movie and they're introducing that so you know i don't think those things are just naturally plot points for to get from a to b in the movie but also just to show you hey what you know about the force there's more to it and here it is and this is just the tip of the iceberg where where we want to go you know you're not going to imagine the things that you can do with the force or the things that can be done other than moving stuff and shooting lightning and you know seeing into the future a little bit so um that's a, another reason i think that the trilogy is good and it's solid you know the the force awakens it brought in a lot of new ideas to be explored and provided a vehicle to eventually explore them mic drop you might want to pick that up because <laughs> those movies were terrible all three of them and here's why you tell lies you you live in a house of lies <laughs> you live in a house of lies you sit on a throne of lies um all right so let's start with the force awakens a new hope 2.0 like it's the same beats. I've seen this movie before. Instead of it being Lucas Ray, but this was a new hope all the way through. And the thing is, you know, the, the previews got to everybody. Chewie, we're home. And they got the original cast back. And everybody's excited to see it. Except, spoiler alert, Han dies. And Luke don't do nothing. Nothing. The whole freaking movie. He turns around and look at the camera. He probably got paid like $60 million to stare off. <laughs> so he's a genius. You can't attack him for that. Oh, no. I'll, no, no. Get your get your bread. Get your bread. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, that's not <laughs> that's not his fault. I would take it, too. But what I mean is it, for the movie, like we wanted to see Luke as a fully developed Jedi, as the Jedi master. And we didn't get that in The Force Awakened. And then as, yeah, but as soon as the last Jedi starts, he tosses the lightsaber and like the last Jedi was a mess altogether. It didn't know what it wanted to be. Ryan Johnson was like preaching to the fans via the dialogue. It was kind of all over the place. And, you know, it was it was a beautiful mess. That's that's really what it was. It was, you know, beautifully shot. Like the casino planet was dope. That scene was was incredible as far as how it looked. But the movie was terrible. I'll, I'll give you another example of a film that had a really beautiful scene in it that was dope to watch. Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Watching the human torch and the silver surfer fly around New York and, you know, around the, the coast area. Like that was dope to watch. The movie was trash. The Last Jedi topped that. All I got to say about that is Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, y'all. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. And dropping bombs in space. Okay. I'm not even going to get into the ridiculous backlash that came with it because I don't agree with any of that stuff, right? The the foolishness that came out with, you know, the Star Wars fandom and the issues that people had with The Last Jedi. Like, you didn't even have to go to the gutter with it because the movie was bad enough by itself. Like, you could trash this one on the merits. <laughs> And finally, Rise of Skywalker, having hands down 
almost. I was about to say hands down the most cringeworthy line in Star Wars history, but I can't go quite that far. Second to maybe Jar Jar. What's your name? Ray. Dramatic pause. Skywalker. What? You ain't related to these people at all. At all. Related in the force, man. Oh, look. It's You mentioned the force healing and the interaction between the force users. Like, it was kind of cool to see, but it was just executed so poorly. And you take, you kind of take all of the air out of what you got with Ray. You had this idea of a of a really strong strong character like ray was dope but then at the end she's got to be saved like you couldn't re- yeah. you couldn't redeem kylo without reducing ray to a damsel in distress it didn't even make sense especially with all of the strengths she showed even in this film by itself and oh oh by the way here comes the emperor didn't he um last time we saw him <laughs> didn't he get tossed <laughs> Out into the depths of space somewhere. And all of a sudden he's back. And more powerful than ever. Like I ain't buying it. None of it made sense. It was a it was a poor way. To close out a series. And I suppose. It was fitting. Because the whole Disney trilogy. Dumps the water. <laughs> yeah. Some of it's about pacing. You know like the story. The build up. You. You waiting for Luke, you know, you go into the Force Awakens, you know they're back, and it's like, where's Luke? Because that's something we all want to see. We want to see Master Luke Skywalker. Not only do we want to see him, we want to see how much better he's gotten with a lightsaber, because I know there's a different camp of fans who's like, oh, the lightsaber battles from the original trilogy are better than the ones from the uh, prequel trilogy, because the prequels are too choreographed or whatever but i like i like them both i prefer the prequels a little bit and i was you know you want these you have all these expectations for what you want out of this movie and then the pacing and the storytelling um in in a way to be intriguing and keep you drawn in and not just being giving you what you want to see they kind of flip it on its head they say hey you know what everything was tied up in a nice little bow at the end of uh return of the jedi but we're going to flip that on its ear and show you that things didn't turn out quite that well for for our heroes. Leia and Han had a marriage, kind of fell apart. They're dealing with that. Luke has lost his faith in the Jedi. I mean, that's something that a lot of people were not expecting. A lot of people did not like it. Even uh, Mark Hamill himself, you know, interviewed hard, even before The Rise of Skywalker, about... That wasn't the Luke he played or the Luke George Lucas wrote. But it's the character development and the pacing of the story because you, you get to that point and you're like, these aren't the characters that I know. This isn't the history that I, I know of them. Even if you were involved in the expanded universe stuff and knew about Jason Solo and um, uh, Mara Jade and all the other, the other characters, or if you just watched the original trilogy and that was it, or the two trilogies and that was it, that wasn't the history that you would expect from them. And I think that's an artistic move for them to go in that direction and say, hey, you don't know what you think you know. Now, I admit Ryan Johnson was very heavy-handed in saying that, but at the same time, for the sake of artistic license and challenging the, the story and what Star Wars is and can be, you know, I think that that was an interesting choice to make and kind of 
deflating your hero. You know, like I mentioned the Nolan verse earlier. What's the famous quote? You either die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain. And this this so, trilogy is the villain. <laughs> so Luke is somewhere in between both of those things and trying to get back to be the hero. The Rise of Skywalker, you know, the but the Rise of Skywalker, which is kind of out of the three, one of the weaker ones. I'll admit that. But again, going back to the core, showing Ray persevering, sticking with the uh, the the training and. Um, going further into what Luke kind of told her initially about ending the Jedi and the Jedi being the source of the problem to trying to find a balance for the existence of and uh, preservation of the Jedi. And then too, you know, she's kind of abandoned. She's in over her head. She's facing Palpatine 2.0 and Kylo is back and stabbing people. And, and she's, she has all this inner t- turmoil. And again, it's about pacing and story to see where we're going to go and what's next for the for the universe because as has been evident since episode seven things still aren't good and will they be good and you know is answering the question who who is ray why is she so important is she important because again we were told you know she's not and then we were like we were told well again a challenge to what the fans know and what we should assume about characters that it's perspective about her origins and whether or not her parents were nobodies or they weren't it's all perspective based you know don't make any assumptions about this franchise or about what we know because what we know or what you know about the force you don't really know you know that was that was such a a cringeworthy moment in that in that film too like dude don't lecture us through the characters that's that's weak. If you want to lecture people, then come out, face the people and say that. Don't make your character speak for you because it gives you a shield to hide behind. And I, I feel like that's what he was doing, Like, because I don't recall him ever really addressing the fandom. Not directly, at least. Oh, he did. And he did it in a, in a very childish way. OK, the movie was so trash. I really didn't have him on my radar after that. Yeah, he was he was kind of a douche about it. Like he made a video on you on Twitter, going to his library, going to a book about Jedi, and then opening like certain pages and scanning it. Whack. It was bad. But I mean, I think all of these, the things that they've done in these films have paved the way for. But I think what they've done, or what they've tried to do, or, is pave a way for a new set of stories as well and a new perspective on what the Force is, what the Jedi are, what the Sith are, who their enemies will be, and the challenges that they face. You know, they're not just swinging laser swords and moving stuff with their minds. It's more involved than that. And then it turned out that it wasn't. (laughs) And that there's even more uh, involved in the, you know, the the Jedi lifestyle than what we've seen in, in the prequel trilogy and in Clone Wars and stuff and what's expected and, and the commitment not being taken lightly and just everything about it. So I think, you know, I, look, the, the, the facts are there. The trilogy, the Disney trilogy is solid. Is, is it perfect? No. Um, not even is good. It everything, <laughs> is it everything that, that everyone wanted? No. 
but it's three movies that were were financially successful but also presented new things and new ideas in in a, in a story that hadn't been touched in 30 years so you know if you're you're disney you you buy this famous property and you think how am i going to relaunch it how am i going to move it forward this is the path that you know they took and i think the the little breadcrumbs that they left here and the, there will definitely pan out in the future storytellings when we see what will happen with uh the jedi and with the the dark side and the light side of the force or if we're even gonna get more understanding on is there a dark side of the force or is there a light side of the force and that's kind of stupid because that was kind of addressing clone wars but we'll see what happens Ain't nothing to see. They ended it. Terribly, but they ended it. <laughs> but it's a vehicle for more movies. That's what I'm saying. It, I don't know. And, I mean, you're just going to have to start over completely and not reference the Skywalker saga at all. But how do you not? Because if this is the same galaxy, there's no way that people haven't heard of these exploits. So I don't know. I don't know where the additional stories come from. I think that they kind of closed the window. Ryan Johnson had an ambitious idea to be able to take Star Wars uh, into a new direction and kind of expand from there. And I think if he wasn't such a baby about it all, he could have done a good job with it. But he it was, you know, this passive aggressive nonsense that we got. You know, you cut off your nose to spite your face. And now where are we? He lost it. He lost it all because I think he he had episode eight. I don't know if he was supposed to do nine originally and J.J. got it back or if J.J. was going to do it, do nine. And then Ryan was going to get the next three. But he messed. You know, Ryan was supposed to get his own uh, trilogy. And then um, I think that guy who did. Jurassic World or Godzilla was supposed to do nine. Okay. But then he left over creative differences. Got it. So either way, he blew three movies with this with, with the nonsense that he gave us and well deserved. I hope you I hope you still holding on to some of them checks because I don't really see where it's coming from anytime soon. But I think what you're you're failing to see is that there are three movies which makes a trilogy. Oh, none none of them were good. So it's that so just it's that just was trilogy. the worst. <laughs> and and that they did something on film to do something to benefit them in the future. We'll have to see. I am I am not uh I am not hopeful. Yeah, but and you know we're we're we're, we're not talking about hope for the future or anything like that cuz it's Star Wars like you never know that's the thing is you you you, you got to burn the past so what we think we may know we don't know at all because you know i'll call it phase two for 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 this that we don't know what's what's next we don't know if we're gonna get old lady ray and she's raised up a whole, whole new generation of jedi or or what we, we just don't know but you know this this set of movies has bridge the gap to whatever they want to do but they don't even know what they want to do like none of these movies 
I don't think hey, any, man, I don't think anybody knew what, what it wanted to be. Except for JJ. JJ just wanted to be the originals. That's so he kinda had an idea what he wanted. <laughs> but as a as a whole, the three movies they just eh. If you take away the fact that people have been waiting for like twenty years ish to get the Force Awakens, like if these had come out within five or six years of the trilogy, uh, the uh, prequels, they would not have been nearly as beloved as they were because there wouldn't have been enough time passing. If they had to just stand on the merits of the films themselves, they'd have made like twenty bucks at the box office. Yes, but only because the originals were just so great. I mean, I'm I'm not going to argue that point for sure. But I don't think that has any bearing on how bad the latest trilogy was. If anything, if anything, (laughs) they should be ashamed of what they've done to the legacy. Like right now, Star Wars should be headed to a, a whole new plateau and... It's on the verge of becoming the DCEU part two. Like it's getting to be that bad. The Mandalorian is saving the universe, but how long is that going to hold up? That's true. And I think these are all questions to address on another another deep dive, maybe into uh, Star Wars, because. You know, I, I did my research on the on the trilogy and um, no doubt my unbiased opinions on how good that trilogy is but you know there's there's always room for improvement oh a lot a lot of room there's like a football sized field of room for improvement for these well there you guys have it i defended the disney trilogy to an extent Um, i tried to be unbiased i have broken out in hives and to be honest with you jb i feel ill i feel a little sick but no, I, I, you know, it's, I enjoy doing this this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, it's, it's wild having to, to defend something you, you have no faith in or don't believe in and you're getting attacked and you're like, yeah, that's a good point. But how do I, how do I try to defend this? And let us know what you think. Let you, let us know how convincing we were or we weren't. Because, you know, I legit try to, to to do that to defend it because i think that's one of the the ways you can tell how fair and reasoned you are is if you can look at something from both sides of the coin and see it in a different light and not just be like oh it's all garbage right or, no it's great and not flawed or something like that but if you can find that happy medium and, and I, I truly try to do that for you guys so let us know let me know what you think no doubt about it i mean i was right on both accounts by the way but we'll let the people decide what the people want indeed except for when they're wrong yeah i don't actually have any homework for you guys this week unfortunately but i got you next week i promise of course they're gonna hold you to it i don't have official homework for you guys i have you know normally we we know we we recommend you know hey check out this video check out you know this set of comics or something or this book or graphic novel or whatever and Usually it requires you, if you don't have it in your, your library anyway, to, you know, have to come out of your pockets and order off Amazon or hopefully your local comic book store. But this week I'm asking you guys if you're able to, and I know it's it's hard because uh, people are not working and 
things are tight and as, as we're working our way through this. But if you are able, there is two great charities I want to just plug for homework this week. One is AspireChicago.com. It's a charity where they put people with uh, disabilities and have different programs for them. So there were, some of them are um, job placement and working and running, uh, helping run businesses. And you can donate whatever you can if you're able to. In some instances, a dollar or 50 cents or something like that. You know, these organizations, every little bit helps. So this is AspireChicago.com. And the next one is called No Kids Hungry. I don't know these people. They don't know me or anything like that. I've just become aware of what, what they do. And unfortunately, childhood hunger and things like that are still a problem. The school year is over. A lot of kids still depend on schools for, for their main meals or source of uh, nutrition for the day. So if you're able to, visit nokidhungry.org and make a donation if you're able. And that will help to provide food for kids in need. So that's my homework for the week. That's dope. And those are two, you know, incredibly worthy causes. So I'll echo, I'll echo that. Like if you have an opportunity to, to give something, do that. And, and even if it's not with these, you know, particular organizations, if there's something that you can do even in your own neighborhood or, or local community, man, we, we encourage you guys to do that too. Like we've talked about mm-hmm. this before, Whatever you can, whatever you can do to help out your neighbors, like we're all going through it right now, and every little bit will help somebody else. And so, thank you guys for listening to another episode, joining us in the class again as we talk about these two subjects that are so so dear to our hearts. Indeed. Remember. Uh, and if you have any complaints about the whole, you know, storm being cast in the MCU and being a horrible actress, remember to reach out to us at the Joe Rogan podcast. Definitely bring it on in that regards. But in the meantime, you can follow us on social networking. We're on Instagram at views from the back of the class underscore pod. We're at, on Twitter at the other N word. And you can email us at viewspod at gmail.com or call or text at 312-521-0527. If you leave a voicemail or anything like that, we will get back to you. may take a day or so or something like that or shoot you a text, but we will get back to you. So that's our contact information. And as always, super, super important. This one, um, not ask you to come out your pocket for or anything like that, but we see the stats. Spotify, Apple Podcast. Stitcher, if you guys are able to, calling you guys out. This is your job. If you guys are able to, um, go ahead and leave a review for the show. It helps us get more visibility. Also helps us in the uh, the genre and the rating. So people who have similar taste in your podcast and stuff, it comes up more often and just helps us like grow the base and talk to more people, which is what we love doing. So we can tell people how great the Disney trilogy is <laughs> or how delusional Josh is either way. <laughs> uh, man, in, in all seriousness, we do appreciate your listens. We, we appreciate your feedback, your interactions. Um, but you know, that would really, really help the show out too, to just remember to, uh, 
rate the show and also to recommend it recommend to any any friends or family or people who are just looking for for content and nerds no doubt and if you guys have show topics that you would like to hear us cover hit us up you got all the info drop it in the box that's true that'd be interesting could be scary but could be interesting yeah i'm down well josh thank you again for a successful episode and for the people as always class dismissed